Kalimera, Kalispera, Kalinikta. No matter where in this wild, wacky and sometimes wonderful world you might be, thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. It's a new year. It's a blank canvas. Let's paint pictures. Let's tell stories with the legend. Here we go. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, squaddies, no matter where in this world you are. Hello, happy new year to each and every one of you, and welcome back to Squad Central, my podcast brother from another mother, Mr. Super Kev, Super Kevin Campbell. Sophie, got to say, great to see you. Um, thanks for organising this on the Wednesday. And I could do it, which is great. And happy new year to you as well, squaddies. Great to see you. You know we've got loads to cover. So, at ease and let's go. Indeed. I hope your 2024 is off to a good start, people. Um, welcome to everyone in live chat. For those of you who've joined us, I know our schedule's been a little bit all over the place, um, but I called up Kev this morning and I said, Kev, we've got to do a show, especially after the last couple of results. You know, Kev and I don't shirk the losses. It's all well and good being here when things are going well and the team is cranking, uh, but we've hit a bit of a uh, hiccup in the road and the challenge for the Premier League title. Um, Squaddies in chat, uh, I'm going to be putting your comments up if for any reason there's a delay. It's because I've put the 50, the 50p Kevin uh, coin in the old Cyprus meter. A quick shout out maybe to, uh, not maybe, a quick shout out to everyone in room 2004 right now. Uh, just want to say thanks for being there today. It's been a bit of a day. Uh, very special people in our lives and just wanted to say thank you so much. Also, of course, thanks to our mates over at Zenith Coins uh, for being our sponsor. Um, we'll be doing a lot more of that this year as well. How about we start talking about the football? Kev, here's how I've structured the show. Mm -hmm. Title of the show is What on Earth Has Happened to the Arsenal? So I've got some questions for you and I'm sure the squaddies will have a lot to say um, about what uh, you what you will. think. <laughs> um, it it's all been, dare I say, we're used to maybe now our expectations. Maybe they're too high. Maybe we think football is a lot simpler than it is. I think sometimes we walk into games thinking, oh, it's West Ham, get a result. Walk into Fulham, we'll bounce back. But football doesn't work that way. I want to start with one question before we get stuck into a lot of comments about the manager and the players and the system and all of that. Adversity. Surely you can't win a Premier League title or challenge for a Premier League title without facing some adversity. Mm -hmm. I just want to know if you think maybe the manager has brought on some of that adversity on himself or the team with some of the choices that he's made. What are your thoughts? And as a player who's won the league and won the domestic cups and a European title as well, 
adversity is part of the journey? Yes, um, there's really good questions. It is part of the, the journey. But <laughs> the thing is with us fans, so we don't like to go through adversity. We don't like the pain, remember, because everything's been going quite hunky-dory for us, so. And whatever Mikel Arteta has kind of done, moving and shaking the squad, it kind of worked out for us. So all of a sudden, as Yanto quite put it, all of a sudden it feels like we've fallen off a cliff, but we haven't. We haven't fallen off no cliff. The fact of the matter is we haven't got the results that we expect to get. And that's, that's understandable and that's okay as well. And obviously we know there's going to be a lot of flack flying around when this team don't get the results because every remember everybody who's on this side of it has never made a mistake they've never they've they've never picked a wrong team they've never picked a wrong substitution they've never done anything wrong so when you're living it when you're actually in there as a player and you're living it do you seriously think the players want to go out there and not perform do you seriously think the players want to go out there and not beat the likes of West Ham and Fulham Problem is, what it's normally it's our we have a we have a difficult November, don't we? That's mm -hmm. when we usually have a difficult November when our when our um, fixtures and our our results are all over the place. We've had realistically these two results have hurt us big time because we've had the opportunity to go to the top on a couple of occasions which we haven't taken. We're still in the top four. We're still we're very much in touch, but. When you are pushing, everything seems like a real big body blow for us. So, you know, no matter what the manager tries, no matter what the players try, it seems as though the players are, are losing one focus to um, their way, etc. But we're going to be all right. You'll see. We'll be all right because we're, we're too good a side not to come back. Do you think with that same notion, though, Kev, like we think we're too good a side um, and we will bounce back. You know, we didn't play particularly well against West Ham. We played awfully against Fulham. Mm -hmm. We haven't been that great um, this season in general. You and I talked in the, even in the October that we felt that we hadn't really gotten out of second gear yet. I would say maybe the better of our football has been played in the Champions League. We, we also talked about how it might be easier to win the Champions League this season than it would to win the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool have bounced back. Um, Tottenham seem to have bounced back from there. Um, Hiccup, Manchester City have taken advantage of us faltering. Um, Liverpool very, very strong. This possession-based football that we've adopted this season has it stifled the speed of which we just were brilliant at last season? Has it stifled the creativity, the flow of Martinelli and Saka, who you could say are our two most disappointing players so far this season based on the insane form they were in last season? Talk me through a little bit about this possession-based game, Kev, and, and if you think it's affecting in particular our two star boys on the flanks. The, possess the, the possession-based game was, was there last season. We did keep possession last season. Teams defended us differently last season. 
teams know if they give those two terrors on the wing all the space, <laughs> they know what they're going to get. So what happens? Teams double up on them a lot more. But the key for that is when teams do top double up on them, we've got to find the alternative to try and switch the play quick, move the ball quicker than we are, but we've got to take our chances. So, And that's one thing we, we've said it all season. We are not clinical enough. Because once we get our noses in front and, and, and start pushing, teams find it difficult. Our problem is a team could peg us back, so, but we've got answers to the, to, the, to the puzzle. We don't seem, for the last couple of games in, in, in that sense, um, although Fulham pulled us back at the Emirates as well with 10 men. If you mm-hmm. remember, so mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know what's going on with, with 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 the way they set up, but we are definitely not as clinical as we have been. Like last season, we were we were pretty clinical, and even at times last season, we said we've got to kill teams off. So we have not been the same. Martinelli's not been the same, and you know, look, we can point the finger at the manager. We can point the 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 facts of the matter are. This Arsenal squad, which which we could say is better, are nowhere near as clinical as we were last season. And that goes for a raft of players. Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Jesus. Uh, probably Kai Havertz is the one who we say, right, who's going to replace Xhaka's goals? What's he got, four goals? So you're saying, okay, he's not done too bad after a poor start. But some of the others need to really step up, so because that's what gave us the opportunity to really push for that title. I mean, we were the the only team in Europe that had uh, four, you know, four players last season on fifteen goals each. I mean, it is shocking when you look at a player like Solanke at Bournemouth has got more goals um, than all of our front line combined. It's shocking stats and shocking figures. You have 30 shots on goal, Kev, against, um, against uh, was it West Ham, the, the, the 30 shots yeah. on goal? Yeah. But, 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 Kev, at no point, and let me know if you think that I'm overreacting to this, 30 shots on goal, and I didn't think at any point we were going to score. It didn't feel like the goal was being peppered. It didn't feel like we were making the goalkeeper work hard enough. It feels like sometimes when Saka has the opportunity to shoot, it's a softball shot. Martinelli looks down too much, doesn't look up enough, needs to let go of the ball earlier enough. He tries to be the hero too much, tries too hard, it feels, even more so this season. And then you have Jesus, who for so long has offered so much to this team um, in terms of what he does off the ball. But I wonder, and, and maybe this is an overreaction, is Jesus falling slowly into the Aubameyang Lacazette category? I.e., if he's not scoring goals, what is he offering the team? Because it feels even he's lost that, you know, pizzazz uh, in terms of how he plays, how he affects the spaces um, in that final third, opens it up for Martinelli and Saka. Is that a little bit harsh on Jesus at this yeah, point? I think it is so. I- I, I think, because a lot of the time, as a forward, if you're forward and, and your game isn't just scoring goals, you then get judged on 
the interplay for other goals. But we haven't been sharp enough. So all the other opportunities that we've had, we haven't been good enough. We haven't been, as you quite rightly said, we haven't been making the goalkeeper work enough anywhere near. We we haven't looked, we haven't looked like we're gonna score. You know, when you if if you watch a game and you could just see wave after wave after wave, you know the goal's coming. That isn't the way it has felt for us. And in the last couple of games, that's the way it's felt. Will we get through it? Of course we will get through it. We will get through it. But that's just the way it's felt. Mm. And a lot of the time, Sophie, this is where, you know, that number nine that everybody talks about. This is the bread and butter for him. These are the games that are the bread and butter for him. Because the West Ham's of this world and the Fulham, no, Arsenal haven't got a number nine. So the more we can keep it tight, the more we can keep them having opportunities from further out, I've, they feel that they're going to be all right. If you've got a, 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 a box man, someone who is in there all the time, head it, right foot, left foot, this is where a ball just drops to him, bang, goal. And it changes your whole outlook on, on the game. Unfortunately, Sophie, we haven't got that. You mean like a Kevin Campbell? <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, Soph, not, not even me, the likes of an Ian Wright, these guys, Soph, these guys who, my function in the team, Sophie, I had a lot more function in the team than Ian Wright. Ian Wright was, was that off-the-cuff guy who can go where he wanted to to hurt the opposition. They would, those are the guys. Thierry Henry could move across the front line, could do what he wanted. Burkamp was the functional one who kind of set things up and all that. Kind of, wonderful player. But it's the Thierry Henry, it's the Ian Wright, it's these type of players who probably don't see them for 80 minutes. So for next minute, pops up with a goal. That's all he's done all game. But they are worth their weight in gold. Mm. Kev, how much... Uh, I want, I'm going to get to Seb's... Um... We are predictable. Let's change it up. We're going to get to that, um, Seb, as well. Talk to me about the midfield then, because I understand what you're saying about the front three. And you always say on this show, if you don't take your chances, you won't win games. Um, and it seems that, you know, Declan Rice had his worst game against West Ham. It was shocking. Um, but we're going to give Declan Rice a pass because he has literally been the man of the match for the entire you know season. Can I, can I just say something on that song? Mm -hmm. Do you know, we, we, we do say we underpaid for Declan Rice. I think that's the universe paying a little bit back to West Ham. <laughs> no, I, I, seriously, self, I really do because you know what? Declan Rice came off the bench in the cup and here we play West Ham. And to be fair, so the amount of, if you wait up on chances and to be fair, we played pretty well up until the last third, but you get nothing for that. You've got to take your chances. And we, we just haven't been at the races and that penalty just summed up oh. Declan Rice's performance because it was just, it was just one of those things what you can't put your finger on. Because he's usually so clean. But, hey, it happens, Soph, you know. It happens. 
I thought he played the occasion and not the game, Declan Rice. And he's human. You know, he's been absolutely flawless this season. And you're right, we stole him from West Ham. And I, I think he was, due, he, he was due a bad couple, a couple of bad yeah, games. Yeah, he yeah. He played due. the moment, not not the uh, not the game. Do you think it's fair that our midfield are getting a lot of criticism? I mean, is this the first time because his name hasn't been mentioned and you brought it up on the last show? I don't hear anyone crying out for Thomas Partey. All of a sudden, you've got some Arsenal fans saying, "Oh, this is now we miss Thomas Partey." Um, yeah, look, look. We didn't. We didn't miss Thomas Partey. So we didn't miss Thomas Partey until two get two games ago. But you see, Sophie, you know as well as I do, when we start to wobble and we don't look like a proper functioning team, then you start to say, "Hold on a minute, this isn't even our strongest side." If you know what I mean. We were we were licking our lips, thinking of Declan Rice beside Thomas Party, but because mm-hmm. Thomas Party wasn't there and Declan Rice is doing such a great job, so to us we didn't miss him. Fact of the matter is, Sophie, when Thomas Party is, is fit, he is a starter in that our first eleven. Don't matter what people say about oh he's injury prone and all this kind of thing. Yeah, he struggled with injury, but when he's fit. There's no better midfielder in that side, especially in the holding one, than Thomas Partey. Because the way Thomas Partey played, Thomas Partey knows how to play that position better than anybody. Yeah, I think it's a a little rich um, for some fans to start talking about missing Thomas Partey, especially when he's been so injured. And yeah, he's Mm. played in some games and he's played really well. I think the thing for some Arsenal fans, is maybe Thomas Partey releases the ball quicker, Kev. And that's why I wanted to kind of revert back to talking about the midfield for just a second, because at times, especially against Fulham, I felt, Odegaard wanted to release the ball a lot quicker. But there was such a slowness from the front three. It seemed like he was getting frustrated um, in in that game, uh, do you think Odegaard and Declan Rice are being asked to slow the game no. down in those moments? No, no. I think it's the. I think it's they they play to the tempo of what's going on on the pitch. Odegaard loves to play quick. I thought, by the way, in the last couple of games, I thought Odegaard really showed his captain qualities. I do too. Getting on the ball and trying to make things happen, Sophie. The fact of the matter is the supporting cast just haven't been on the same wavelength. Um, for, for me, they have not been on the same wavelength as him. He's been outstanding in my eyes. And he's been trying to make things happen. The supporting cast haven't been as good as they have been in the past. And, hey, listen, you might want to pass it forward. But if the forward doesn't show... What's the point? You can't pass it. So you have to pass it sideways again. Or you have to hold on to the ball. And then what happens is they start to filter back and get into position. And that makes life so much more difficult for you to get around. Mm-hmm. Look, we know there's there's always going to be a lack of form. There's always going to be a lack of, 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 um, of understanding at times. But, Sophie, we mentioned it earlier on in the season. I'm going to say it again. We look at the bench and we look at 
people who are going to come on and be a game changer. And we haven't had none of that in the last couple of games. We haven't had anyone to come off to really, you know, be a spark. Does he give the opportunity, though, to the bench? Do you think Reese Nelson gets enough opportunity? Do you think Trossard... I think Trossard has been given a lot of opportunities this season. Do you feel like the bench gets enough... Of, does he trust them, Kev? Does he trust his bench? Sophie, look, I've been there. Whether you trust me or not, when I get on there, I've got to, ch I've got to prove it. Remember, the Premier League, and when you're playing for the top Premier League team, it's a prove it, it prove it team and a prove it league. Don't tell me, Sophie. Show me. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me. Show me. Because you know what? Me and you could be talking about this until next year. You get on for nine minutes, Sophie. Make it your best nine minutes. Make it your best. Go on there and do something. Put someone under pressure. Go and make stuff happen. Because, uh, you know, I, I, because everything what you just said, kind of, I, 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 I watch social media and it always gears back to Mikel Arteta, don't do this, he don't do that, he don't. He brings them on. The moment he brings you on, that's your chance. That is your chance. Go and do something. Show me something. But, as far as I'm concerned, so I don't think we've been anywhere near as productive off the bench as we should be. We're the Arsenal. We should be, the, the ones coming on should be chomping at the bit. Should be chomping at the bit to get on there and show something. So not just fit into the pattern of what's going on. Because at the end of the day, when you're watching from the sideline, you should be watching to see if I get on there, this is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I mean, it does seem, and then it seems like players like Emil Smith Rowe, you know, even when they become available, they just don't get the opportunity to some fans. But really, this is a player that's injury prone, and he's got to be eased back into the team, and there must be some type of, you know, plan for him. Uh, it, it to me it just seems like there's certain plays he still doesn't trust. Uh, but you're right. When given the opportunity, you got to grab it um, by by the balls. And uh, and some of our players just don't do that. They fail to do that. Um, Kev, an area in the midst of lackluster finishing, um, maybe being beaten in midfield against teams that we really shouldn't be beaten in midfield against what has happened to our defence in the last couple of games? Is this Zinchenko inverted role creating more problems than solutions now? Have we been uh, quote unquote found out? They've been so reliable in a time, you know, where we've needed them to be. Um, you know, Raya actually made it less embarrassing against West Ham, saved a penalty. Not a lot of Arsenal goalkeepers save penalties. Yeah. Credit to him for saving that penalty um, as well. Has that caused an imbalance with the back four? Talk me through the defence a little bit and if you see any concerns or are they just a bit wiped at the moment? No, I don't see any concerns. So, look, when things are going to go against you, they're going to go against you. 
I mean, that Fulham's winner was a comedy of errors, wasn't it? It bounces off somebody, bounces off Tommy Arsenal's shoulder, then it goes into the, the right into the path of the forward. There's nothing you can do about stuff like that. So, And it weren't as if we were getting opened up time and time again. The margins are so small. And you got to remember, it's the forwards and the attack that really helps the defence as well. Because when you're scoring goals and you're, you're pushing the opposition, you know that all the defence has to do is make sure they get a stop, get the ball back and get it to the midfield. And then we're on the attack again to, to finish a team off. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do that. Mm. Right? We haven't been able to do that. So, and, and it's going to happen. There's a bit of adversity. There is no team who goes through a season even the Invincibles didn't go through a season without having some adversity. Let me tell you. No team. Is, but the, so, the question is, we played so well in the last... We played well in the season where we failed to qualify for the Champions League and Tottenham pipped us to it. We played well last season. Where we, we started you know, winning games with more pragmatism this season. Um the, the Man City game seems to be the blueprint that Mikel wants to go after time and time again. Um, but mentally, Kev, has this team really evolved? Have you seen evidence this season to suggest that the failure to make the Champions League that season, the failure to win the title last season, has this team illustrated to you that the biggest Achilles heel for this Arsenal team and also the Wenger team, the Emery team, was always mental? Have you seen us pass that station yet? I have. I've seen. I've seen the team. I've seen the team, and I've and I've witnessed because the big test is always against the big teams. Man City, Liverpool away. Whereas last season, we, after they put it on us, we struggled to even get out. This season, we know what the score was. But there was a there was a there was a command and a way we structured ourselves in the second half where we came back and we started taking over the game again. That's what we know. And could we have won it? Could we have lost it? Yeah, both. We could have won it and we could have lost it. But there's a there's a there was a maturity to our performance. But you know what? What absolutely shoots down that maturity itself when you go and lose the next couple of games. You know, you beat Brighton at home. And everything you, you, you're thinking everything's hunky dory, and then you go and lose to West Ham at the Emirates. You can't score, and then you go to Fulham and get beat. You take the lead, and then you can't keep it. And, and you, the worst thing is, you can't respond when you go down. Ooh. I think that's the most disappointing for us. So we couldn't respond. We couldn't turn the game on the head again. And we didn't look like we were going to score after we'd scored in the, the first half. We didn't look that to be that team. So, listen, I, I know Mikel Arteta will be looking at looking at ways how we're going to improve to try to try and turn our form around. That's for sure. He has to. I think this is Mikel Arteta's biggest pressure moment. Um, I think it's a bigger pressure moment than last season's challenge for the Premier League title because no one was expecting us to do that. And so we went on this kind of 
run um, and we all went along for the ride and it was exciting and it was thrilling and we were playing sexy football. We were killing teams off, Kev, by halftime. Uh, we're not we're not doing that this season. We're nowhere near playing that fast. We're not getting those fast starts. We're getting ourselves in a hole and we're finding it difficult to dig ourselves out of this hole. And for the first time in a long time, Mikel Arteta should feel the pressure. Um, this is on him to resolve. He has made some choices that perhaps have upset the Arsenal cart, if you like. And I'm not for any, I'm not suggesting for a second, uh, like some Arsenal fans, Mikel Arteta out. That's just ludicrous and ridiculous to even suggest at this point. But, Kev, his maturation as a manager, I think this is a massive moment for him. And he's definitely a smart guy. Um, look how far he's brought the, cl the club along. And I believe that, you know, he'll find a way to dig us out of this mini hole that we're in right now. But would, would you agree this is a massive moment for him and a test in his maturation and his process um, to be able to kind of think about what, what is my plan B? Because a lot of the times in games, Kev, it's very much like for like. The subs are like for like. There's never an X factor. There's not that Ivan Tony to bring on. There's not that winger that maybe does something a little bit different. There's not a fullback with super, super incredible pace that can run faster and overlap better than Benjamin White. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Look, <laughs> I, keep, I keep saying this, though, about people keep talking about there's no plan B. The plan B is when you bring a different player on the pitch, that different player is not the same as the player who's left. That player who comes on has different abilities, has different skills to the player who's left. Because when you bring on a Reese Nelson and you take off Martinelli, Reese Nelson isn't the same player as Martinelli. So this is the whole point where I'm saying Reese Nelson's supposed to come on and do what he does, as opposed to playing the same way that Martinelli would play. To me, that makes no sense. Yeah, but we talk about not having an Ivan Tony or a big man to bring on, but we've never had that. That's been one of our problems, Soph, hasn't it? And we've, we've said it would be good to have an alternative guy where we could, mix it, we could mix it up a bit and all that kind of thing. But uh, what, do you remember we played Everton last season? We got beat 1-0 and mm -hmm. he brought Thomas Partey up and he brought Jorginho on. And it was saying, but it's just like for like. It isn't like for like because Jorginho's game is different to what Thomas Partey's game is. So mm. you're, you're expecting the player to come on, to impose himself on the game. And unfortunately, so we, we haven't, we haven't had, we haven't had that. You know, we haven't, we haven't had that. And I just seen something there. Was it? It's Arteta's fault. Yeah, you can blame Arteta all you want, but Arteta doesn't cross that white line. And I will keep saying it. The team, okay. to, to, to get trusted, to get trusted, you have to go out there and perform. That's the bottom line. And you, we get picked, we... you get picked or you get brought on. Your job is to perform. If um... you don't perform, Sophie... 
the manager gets the blame. To me, that don't make no sense. Ultimately, he's ultimately, ultimately, he does get the blame and he loses his job. Sorry, I realise I'm still wearing my mask here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, so, ultimately, he does get the blame and loses his job. Yes. But if we're, if we're honest, if we are honest, are we, is our squad as potent as Man City and Liverpool? Well, I think a lot, well, um, I'll put up a, a few comments from um, what Jamie Carragher thinks about that as we preview in a second, we're going to preview the FA Cup game. But Kev, answer my question about the maturation part with Mikel I, I just did, I just did. Yes, it's you important. You think you did? Yeah, it's an important, of course it's important time for, for, but it's all important, is my point. It's an important part for Mikel Arteta to get through these these situations. But these situations come up all the time. It's not the first time things like this have come up. Uh, I've left our good friend No Laguna's comment up because I want to know what you think about this. This is kind of like the like-for-like like thing I'm talking about. When you bring on a different play, we need to adjust how we play. Seeing Kivio trying to do what Zinchenko does was a hard watch. To be honest with you, it was a hard watch watching Tommy try to do it um, early on, but he adapted. That's the part where... You know, does do you agree with a lot of Arsenal fans and some in the media who think we should recall Kieran Tierney um, to the squad? Because Kieran Tierney did offer that kind of more traditional left-back um, position, which Mikel doesn't want to play that way. But he does offer the stability in defence. Um, he's also very injury-prone, guys, and he's been injured on, on loan as well. But do we need that type? of option. I said to you a couple of weeks ago, last week, I think we need a left back and you disagreed with me. Yeah, because again, I am not going to panic on two results. No chance. I am not. And the fact of the matter is, Kieran Tierney was in our building. Three weeks ago, I heard nobody screaming for Kieran Tierney. Let's get him back. Let's get him back. Let's get him back. I heard. I heard nobody. All of a sudden, we lose two games. Oh, you know, let's get Kieran. T nonsense. Absolute madness. The team have been functioning fine without Kieran Tierney. With it a blip, with it, with it a bit of a skid that we need to get ourselves out of. And we will. All right, Super Kev is confident that we're going to get out of this blip we're in in the Premier League. Um, we've talked about whether or not we've been found out, if we've become too predictable, Mikel's maturation. Um, do we have a plan B? Is the Zinni role now being overly done without, um, you know, being having the right backup um, to fulfil and fill his position, especially with Tommy Asu now off to the Asian Cup? Has Odegaard um, had enough support? Uh, Jesus, comparing him to Obalaka, Saka Martinelli. Um, Kev, I'm going to round up the Premier League section before we get into a bit of a Liverpool preview with you and a couple of bits on transfers. What do you say to the Arsenal fans who are calling for Mikel Arteta's head? Well, you, they're calling for his head, Phil, for, because of what? 
Why are they calling for his head? They've had two bad results. <laughs> <laughs> this part I don't get. Asked. Two games ago, Arsenal were top of the league. Now, all of a sudden, they're calling for his head. It makes no sense to me. And that, that previous comment you had on there about Unai Emery's taken Villa past us. No, he hasn't. Villa are ahead of us at the moment, but let's see where we end up at the end of the season because that's the only way you can judge. What if what if Emery finishes second what if, and yeah, what if? But we know Emery I love playing again. the what, what if game, Kevin. The, the hypothetical, Solf. The hypothetical. Let's see what happens come the end of the season. If um, if Emery finishes above Mikel and Mikel finishes fourth or fifth. That's going to be nasty. That is going to be some nasty radio listening. If that happens, it happens. What if it doesn't? Because I don't think it will. (laughs) If it if it does for me, um, Mikel Arteta has to start strong the following season. Otherwise, otherwise what? Otherwise, you got to start looking at you know maybe a closer. You know he wants finishers on the bench. He needs to start being a finisher as a manager. I've told you already, Mikel Arteta is going nowhere. Well, we, I mean, I know, I'm just saying my humble opinion No, is... I know, and I'm telling you, in my humble opinion, Mikel <laughs> Arteta is going nowhere. All right. Um, I think we all know this for now. Uh, 250 of you in live chat. You're listening to the Hybrid Squad with the legend that is Super Kevin Campbell. And moi, hit that like button, kiss it, nut it, like it. Do all the bits and bobs to it that you usually do, but remember just to only hit it the once. All right, we've got another massive game coming up this weekend, another opportunity to win silverware, and it is a cup that the Arsenal love to nab. And this fella here on this show um, has the experience of playing in the FA Cup, has had some triumphs, won it, and also probably his biggest heartache is a game that I'm never, ever allowed to bring up ever again, and I think we all know what game that is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't please um, I've got a couple of um, images here courtesy of our friends at uh, AFTV um, as we go into this um, game against Liverpool what a, what a draw by the way I mean gosh come on it's, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy let me remove this comment so you guys um, can see exactly by the way I'm sick and tired of Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, as you know, Kev. But I wanted to present you with um, this comment. Liverpool have got something Arsenal haven't got. By the way, have you noticed how Liverpool are all large again? Their fans are all large again. Jamie Carragher's all large again. Um, uh, And, you know, I mean, they're playing quite well. They're losing Salah to the Africa Cup of Nations. So let's see how that goes for them. Apparently, Liverpool have a manager who has won the title before. And this um, comment as well, all of a sudden, Arsenal do not have any world-class players, you know, Kev. Uh, That's what the world is uh, talking about and saying. Uh, And he followed that up with and players within that squad who are genuinely world-class. So our players aren't world-class. I think William Saliba is world-class and I think Declan Rice is world-class. I think Saka needs to prove himself a little bit more before we can class him as world-class. Um, but what are your thoughts going into this big game against Liverpool and Carragher's comments? Beautiful. <laughs> Sophie, truth is, this is absolutely beautiful. And if I was Mikel Arteta, all of this will be up on the, the bulletin boards. 
I'll be showing the lads all this, especially after, you know, losing two games and not being good. And, you know, Liverpool, cock-a-hoop and all this kind of thing. Let me tell you something. We knocked them out. Every, every Everybody, you don't forget what's gone on the last couple of games, but you feel a lot better about yourself, Sophie, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the huge, this is the game of the, of the, of the round, isn't it? And it's, it's one at the Emirates. It's one Arsenal. We've got to win. We've got to win. You take, you take one of the biggest scalps out. And this is what Liverpool, a club will be telling them as well. You take one of the biggest scalps out, everybody's weary of you. Everybody. So let's let's set a marker. Arsenal, we're at home. Let's knock Liverpool out. Um, can't be considered world-class when you haven't won anything substantial yet. So Harry Kane isn't world-class. Come it, on. It, it, nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Come on. Again, there's only what there's only one teams who can win. There's only a few teams who can win. Only a few. Yeah, and and Declan Rice has he he led West Ham to a European trophy. I know a lot of you poo poo the European Conference, but it's still a trophy, and they won it, so, and Sophie, he won we're it. We're talking about Declan Rice, who's who's been involved in Euro finals, World Cup semi finals, etc. How is he not? How is he not world class? If you're going to get deep into these tournaments, you have to be world class to get there. Yeah, but you have the, to be. The the robots will eat you. You know I love you know I love your um, your uh, moniker, but um, Harry Kane is a world class player. Sorry, I mean you know we can say that more now when he, he's playing for Bayern Munich, but Harry Kane is and probably player. has yeah. been one of the best number nines in the world for the last six or seven seasons. Um, there's no doubt about that. And the stats back it up. Kev, what are you going to do? Bellingham hasn't won anything yet. Exactly. He's don't tell me that boy isn't world-class playing the way he's playing at Real Madrid, putting up the stats that Cristiano Ronaldo has been, um, had been putting up uh, when he first went there. Kev, what are you doing with the squad? Because there's a break after this Liverpool match. Are you going full on Donkey Kong with the lineup for the FA Cup game against Liverpool? Hundred percent, best team, yeah, the strongest team you got. Strongest team you got. Goals out there. Go and get the win. What's Playing your prediction? I think I think Arsenal win the game two one. Two one. I think it's time for us to bounce back. We can bounce back in this one for sure. Squaddies, let us know what your predictions are as well for the FA Cup match against Liverpool. Um, it's a good thing it's at the Emirates, uh, even though, you know, I know that everyone was disappointed with the West Ham game. Uh, but like Kev says, this is the match to bounce back. Um, and it's a, it's a must win. <laughs> Every game's a must win because you don't want to lose. Uh, I'm going to go for... I think we'll lose this game against Liverpool. And I think, Kev, that last season we had no European football to distract us. This season, I think that one of Mikel's areas to mature as well is managing the multiple competitions and what that means. Because he does love a fierce starting eleven. He loves his boys and he will will play them to death. Um, But... 
I want to win everything, but I just don't fancy this game against Liverpool. Uh, we always seem to struggle against them. I love your optimism, and I, ne I never want to. When's the last call time it... Liverpool beat us at home? Couple well, of years last, ago, last it? yeah, a couple of seasons a couple, ago. Couple of, couple of years ago, we did well couple... against them last season. I mean, listen, yeah, we should have so beaten I, I them. Fancy, I fancy us. I do. I, I understand what you're saying because, of course, Liverpool. Listen, what Liverpool have got, Soph, they have got a, a firepower in their squad that we need. Speed you look at when they make it. changes. They make jealous. changes. They can bring Gakpo on. They can m m mix and shake and move. And all of a sudden, you've got firepower from everywhere. They can bring the Gakpo and Jota on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? They can make some serious moves for, pa for players who you know can hit the ground running straight away. We haven't got that. But why don't we? We've spent so much money in the transfer win and the transfer matter. market. So we've been playing catch up all this time. I mean, we've, we've been, been playing, playing catch up. Yeah, I mean, I was jealous the way they played the other day with the speed they were playing. That was us last season. That I'd was us. To, I'd love to have you know, I, I, Sophie. I love firepower. I know you do. I would love to have. <laughs> I, I, I would love to have. This is the truth. I would love to have. Three striker stroke forwards who you can operate one, two, three, all on the pitch at the same time. Yeah, but there's no excuses anymore. This is Mikel's team. He's had the money to spend. He could have got reinforcements. He's chosen the players he has. He chose Kai Havertz. You know, well, he chose... Well, January self. Well, We're here we go. We're in the window now. <laughs> okay, so... Um... <laughs> well, we're very nice segue, um, Arsenal. Um, Arsenal, you are Arsenal, Super Kev. Um, that was our Liverpool v Arsenal FA Cup preview. Let us know what you think your predictions are. Don't forget to leave your comments on the YouTube page as well. Transfer reality check. We'll end on this subject tonight, um, squaddies. Um, and I spelled expectations wrong right there, as you can see, because I wasn't wearing my, my goggles when I when I typed that. Um, should we have any expectations? Are you on the Ivan Tony train? A hundred million for Ivan Tony? Is the world going crazy? I think so. Yeah, well, the world, the football world's done been crazy for 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 so many um, windows. I don't think if if a deal if there's a deal to be done, so obviously I don't think that deal would get done now. I think. Uh, um, uh, uh, a pre-model deal will get done, so you can so you can get him. Can I see that happening? I don't think so. I think Arsenal might go a different route, which which is fine. But Arsenal need the bodies, Sophie. They need that defense, that defender. They need that midfield, and they need that striker, stroke forward, who can come in and help us, because depth-wise, mm. Sophie. Let's be brutally honest. We are not as strong as City or Liverpool. We're not. No, not no, we're not. We're not. And that eh, that could prove to be our Achilles heel again. Because first 11s, there ain't much in itself with the first 11s. But it's the supporting cast that has to prove the difference. And our supporting cast is not like City's or Liverpool's. 
Can you see us doing some loan deals kind of smartly the way we did with Raya? Um, obviously, financial fair play. By the way, when is someone going to nab Manchester City? Poor Everton. They would have been like in ninth position now. Um, we're looking at FFP. Yeah, FFP. We've got to be careful because of FFP. We've got to balance the books. Kevin, you are you? Would you sell Reese Nelson, Eddie and Ketia, Aaron Ramsdale, if we Ramsdale's need? Ramsdale's going nowhere. I've said it all along. He is going nowhere solely because remember, I think it was it the last game where um, Raya kind of pulled up. He had something up with his foot at Fulham. So you know, you get one injury, next minute Ramsdale's in. I don't think it, it would be bad business to get rid of. Ramsdale, bad for business. In the summer, I understand you may be moving, shake and do things. But right now, in Jan, no, you don't make that move. Are you selling Eddie and Ketia to a West Ham or a Crystal Palace? It, it, for me, it all depends on if you can get your targets. Mm. And Eddie has, Eddie has done okay. Like we've said, but is he the person to carry the team of... You know, he, he's done He's done his bit, but he's not going to improve things. So, if it was a matter of you need to sell Eddie to get Ivan Tony, then obviously you do make that move. But, again, we're talking about we need firepower. Maybe we need to add to it as opposed yeah. to sell it. You know, we need to add a couple of players. And, and to be fair, getting Raya on loan was a good move. Maybe we need this is where um Edu makes his money, doesn't he? This is where he earns his his, his stuff. Yeah. Because we are a little bit depleted. We're not as strong as and and no matter what anybody says, and we could we could moan because we don't win and all that kind of thing. But when you look at our bench and when you look at our Liverpool's and Man City's bench, our bench is nowhere near the quality. No, it's not. And you're right about the goalkeeper. Anything can happen at any time. Of course, um, Rambo got a chance to play against Brentford. He got that Champions League game under his belt um, finally as well. You know, the rumour I heard that I kind of like, I know he's been injured, but I don't think the, at club level we've seen the best of um, Delict, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's a, and he's only 24, Kev. Seems yeah. like he's been around for 10 years already. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing a loan deal for a player like that. He's with Bayern Munich right now, played at the highest level with um, Juventus as well. Knows the Ajax, type, knows the Ajax style. You that know, type it from of the player. Back, very good reputation. Yes. Um, yes. I just lost his way a little bit going to Juventus, didn't he? But, yeah, he did. But very, very good player. And uh, again, there are gems like that who you can, you can nab. So you could snap them up, you know, very good players. And um, who who would love to come to the Arsenal, let me tell you. Do you think you could get a loan? Lee Judge is in the house. Hello, Lee. Um, good to see your name pop up. Um, we'll get Lee on the show soon and have a little bit of a, a natter. <laughs> Ray are up top. What is the other <laughs> I was waiting for you to spot that one, Kev. <laughs> Ray are up top, Lee. Oh, God. Hey, I tell you what, he might, he might not be a bad person to put up top. Maybe he <laughs> might be able to fire a shot in. Or oh, put him in midfield. God. Put David Raya in his feet in midfield and then have uh, keep Ramsdale in uh, in goal. Because um, he is a better shot stopper, in my opinion. But those feet, we could use those uh, that passing ability. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, good to see Lee pop up as well. 
Of course, Newman is salivating because he thinks he's a wonderful man. Thanks, Newman. Um, listen, hit that like button, 300 of you in live chat. It's been uh, absolutely brilliant uh, hanging out and talking football um, with Super Kev again. Kev, final answer. What is your price for Tony, Ivan Tony? What is he worth? Because he ain't worth a hundred million. What is this nuts balls thing that's happening? I want you to tell me what, what price point Sof, do you say get him? Sof, is Caicedo worth a hundred and ten? No, but that's come on. No, no, I no, mean... no. So, so we can't say. Listen, his price will be what somebody's prepared to pay. Now, yeah, but not a hundred. Declan Rice was worth a hundred and five. Ivan Tony's not a hundred million pound player. He's just Sophie, not. I've just asked you something totally different. Now you've gone the other way. <laughs> Listen, Caicedo was a hundred and he was more than Declan Rice. Yeah, that's nuts balls. And and was Fernandez worth more than Declan Rice? That, no. I mean, I love I love that though. I love that that's happened to Chelsea, especially those two players. And they want to sell Conor Gallagher, who's played better than both of them. Right. But but again, so look, they've brought in what is it, three midfielders because they they signed a lad from um, who was being linked with Arsenal from Southampton as well, didn't they? Yeah, you know, you know, you know the midfielder. But so here's the it, here's the problem. There would be a team. You put him at a hundred million. You get a couple of teams involved. Brentford will sell for hundred. Telling you now. Look, it's not my money, and I do... I no, no, and you said what price, and I, <laughs> I reckon Brentford will get close or bang on 100 million. Well, if we don't buy him, Tottenham or Chelsea will. So I'll let you sit with that one, kids. Um, Tom Canton doesn't want him. Harry doesn't really want him. I think Lee will take him. Dan Potts definitely wants Ivan Tony. He's been barking on about Ivan Tony in our WhatsApp group. Every single day, that one keeps moaning. Gosh, we've got damn pots to deal with for a whole month now, Kev. You do realise this, don't you? Yeah, I know. But do you know what? I'll, listen, I want firepower. So if Ivan Tony's one of them firepower, I'll take him. All right, you heard I it here. I just really think we need firepower because once you've got firepower, the opposition fear you big time because that means you've got more than one person who could score so. Who they've got to account for? Who do they account for now? <laughs> they don't fit. I felt like we were getting this fear factor back, and all of a sudden, it feels like no one's afraid of us again. They feel like they can bully us at home and intimidate us away. And uh, I know it's only two games. I'm not overreacting, but you could see it. The the, the life was kind of sucked out of our players. But they'll they fear us if Saka's flying and Martinelli's flying. True. And that makes Jesus' life easier. That's mm. when we're feared, Sof. But if we're not getting the production here, Jesus' game gets stifled. These guys, remember, these are the guys who need to chip in with the goals. Kev, um, we're going to have Tom Canton back on uh, for his spend stick sell segment. As you guys know, every transfer, um, when the transfer window opens, we have Tom on once a week and we're going to be diving into some players. Tom thinks we should be looking at what we could do, how we could 
um, you know, uh, Dell boy it through the January transfer window. Little deals here and there. So be sure to look out for Tom Canton on the show next week for a little bit of spend, stick, sell. And there's actually an episode of um, Opinionated coming out in a couple of weeks with Tom and Superkev uh, titled, Why Do We Always Have to Have a Scapegoat? And you are not going to want to miss that either. It's been absolutely wonderful hanging out with you squaddies this evening. Thank you so much to Super Kev as well for making time. Um, the football is happening thick and fast and Super Kev is very busy man and we love to have him on this show and we're forever grateful for that. Super Kev, I hand it over to you to close the show. Well, squaddies, got to say, thanks for having the host with the most. Back, this young lady here, uh, here, yeah. <laughs> I look this a mess, young, but yeah. <laughs> this young lady here, um, Sophie, we know life's, life's a bit difficult at times and we know uh, we, we, we send our love and we send our hope and we send our, our health to, to mom and your family and everything and, uh, and to you. So happy new year to you and the family. We, we love you all, squaddies, and happy new year to everybody. And do you know what? Listen, we've had the blips. Yeah, Potsy here, look. Big up. <laughs> Potsy, great to see you, bud. Happy New Year to you, mate. All the very best. Look, we've had our blips, and Arsenal are no different to any team. There's going to be ups and downs at times, but the key is we've got to keep supporting the team, and we know if the team start winning, we'll get right behind them. But it's when we need, they need us more now. So let's get this, let's get behind them and get Liverpool beat at the weekend. And do you know what, squaddies? This is our first show of the of, of 2024. Let's hope it rises from here and we can go on and do some real damage in the transfer window and in the league and cups. But do you know what? On that note, I'm going to tell you we do love you. Stay positive. Lots of love to you and your families. Reach out to them. And you know what? Health is wealth, everybody. Never forget that. Look after yourself. And I'll say to you, squaddies, at ease, squaddies. We love you. At ease. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad.